0: you know it's only gonna get better playing by the uncertainties of our modern world life can seem awfully bleak at times in our search for purpose meaning and certainty most of us would love to have an inkling of what lies ahead to have even a glimpse of tomorrow today in our podcast knowing tomorrow today we share from the bible a wonderful blueprint of hope which reveals that god wants us to live an abundant life and that he has an amazing future planned for us All right, welcome to our podcast, Knowing Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Merrick Brown. Thank you always for joining me on this journey of hope. Listen, I always want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share these messages of hope wherever you listen, with your family, with your friends, with your coworkers, and just all who you meet along life's journey. You'll just go ahead and share these hopeful messages. Well, friends, we have been in the book of Revelation for several episodes now, and I do hope that you enjoyed and learning some new things as we journey through the book of Revelation. Revelation. Listen, it is my hope that you're gaining a better understanding of what what Jesus is trying to communicate to us in the book of Revelation, and 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 these messages, uh, these teachings are so much relevant for our time for these last days remember the author of the book of revelation who happens to be the apostle john tells us there in revelation chapter 1 that the book of revelation is not a sealed book right it's not a closed book right in fact the word revelation actually means an unveiling or a disclosure and so jesus in the book of revelation jesus is disclosing very important messages or truths that he wants us to understand especially in these last days now you'll recall that before his crucifixion and that before his ascension to heaven, Jesus told his disciples and us there in uh, the gospel in, in, in John chapter 16, verse 12 to 13. And this is what Jesus said there in John chapter 16, verse 12 to 13. He said, listen, I still have many things to say to you, right? But you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth and he will tell you things to come. And that's what the book of Revelation is is telling us, right? Is communicating to us. It's actually telling us things that are ahead of us, right? Things that happen in history, uh, and so we want to pay attention to what Jesus is saying to us in the book of Revelation. Listen, then. keep in mind that Jesus not only wants us to be hearers of the word, right, but He also wants us to be doers of the word as well. In other words, we need to be obedient to Jesus's instructions in His Word, including His instructions given to us there in the book of Revelation. So listen. In our last episode, we looked at the third horseman of Revelation. If you didn't have a chance to 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 listen to that, I encourage you to listen to that episode before you actually get into this one, right? Because this one is going to actually this episode is going to actually build on what we looked at on the episode about the third horseman of of revelation right and so um there in revit chapter 6 talking about the third horseman of revelation uh we discovered that there is there came a time in world history when the christian church was elevated right it was elevated from being the scourge of the roman empire to the most favorite institution in the roman empire now imagine that right and so when and how did that happen right Again, check out the, uh, the our last episode on that, which is the um, third horseman of Revelation chapter 6. And we, can we get into more details with that, right? We discovered in our last episode that this happened because the emperor Constantine, right? Now, Constantine is, is a significant... A person in history because he became the first Roman Empire to actually embrace Christianity. Right, uh, mm-hmm. This was very significant because the, the previous Roman emperors generally persecuted the Christian church. And so we also learned in our last episode that, that Constantine wanted the Roman citizens who were pagans to actually join the Christian church. And so he transferred into Christianity the outward uh, ornaments to which uh, these pagans were accustomed to right so things like uh, the images of Christian saints right became a commonplace in many Christian churches and because Constantine was also a worshiper of the Sun God Apollo he made Sunday uh, a holiday or a holiday and then he commanded that no work should be done on Sundays right and of course there was a the practice of turn into the east, right? Which the pagans actually brought into the Christian church. Uh, and, and they would turn to the east because many of them, again, they were worshippers of the sun god. And so after a time, uh, uh, Christian worship was mingled with a mixture of these pagan practices that crept into the church, right? And as it turns out, Constantine's goal was to unite, He was the, his goal was to unite all segments of the Roman Empire. And so in essence, he made uh, Christianity the state or national religion of the Empire and that's never a good thing, right? When we mix Christianity with, uh, with the state, uh, you know, it's never a good thing. It never turns out well, right? And so he was doing this; uh, he was trying to make it easy, easier for the pagan worshipers to join the church, right? Uh, for them to bring their their practices into the Christian church, uh, by the mingling of of, of of the state with the church and again that's never a good thing friends the result of all this was that many Christians ended up compromising their faith in Jesus and they adopted the strange pagan practices that came into the church and unfortunately over time many Christians even forgot the principles of the Bible and the principles of the gospel and, and what was the result of all this right the result uh, according to the the prophecy uh of the third horseman of Romans of six uh, uh over time there was a famine or shortage uh of the word of god as christians began to ignore the teachings of the bible and its life-giving principles and instead adopted the traditions and the pagan practices that crept into the christian church And that was very unfortunate, right? And so what's the point of all this? Now, here's the point, right? The tragic culmination of the activities of the second and the third horseman of Revelation chapter 6 resulted in the activities of the fourth and final horseman of Revelation or of the apocalypse. And so in this episode, we want to spend some time looking at the fourth and final horseman of Revelation. Revelation, right? And we find a description of the fourth and final horseman of Revelation in Revelation chapter six, in particular in verses seven and eight. Revelation chapter six, in particular, verse seven and eight. And and there John writes, he says, and he Jesus opened, and when he Jesus opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, "Come and see." And so I looked and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on it was Death. And Hades followed with him, and power was given them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. And you find that again, you find that in Revelation chapter 6, verse 7 to 8. And so friends, when Jesus opens the fourth seal there in Revelation chapter 6, John sees this hideous pale horse galloping over the horizon. And But as the, the horse strides closer, John notices that the horse is not, not actually pale in color, right? But that its color is like that of a, a decomposing corpse or a decomposing body. In other words, John sees that this horse is actually yellowish-green in color. Um We are told by John that the writer of this the de- de- Decomposing horse is, is death himself, right? It is the grim reaper himself, and that in his devastating trail, he unleashes wars and famines and disease on a quarter of the world's population. You know, some commentators, many people have speculated as to who the fourth horseman of the apocalypse might be. Some have falsely claimed that this fourth horseman represents perhaps a, a future antichrist and the reign of terror which he unleashes. But, but this is not the case my friends this is not true right friends we want to i want us to keep in mind here right i want us to keep in mind that with the opening of each seal and with the appearance of the first second third and now the fourth horseman jesus is opening a new chapter in the prophetic history of the christian church jesus is uh in 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 the in the four in the four horsemen of the apocalypse jesus is trying to communicate something to us about the christian church in history uh, never forget that, right? In other words, the activities of the four horsemen of Revelation is describing the evolution and the activities of the Christian church in world history, right? And this starts with the apostolic church in the first century and it ends with the church in the Middle Ages or what we call the Dark Ages. And we're going to be talking, talking more about the Dark Ages in this particular episode. And again, Revelation chapter 6 is actually describing the broad activities of the, the the fourth horseman of the apocalypse, and again we, we, we get a description of the activities of the fourth horseman of the apocalypse there in Revelation chapter six verse verse eight, and I'm just going to read here. It says there in Revelation chapter six verse eight, power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the field. Now I want you to notice here that that all the actions of the previous three horsemen. Which, including conquests, war, famine, are now magnified and extended in the actions of the fourth horseman of Revelation chapter six. Do you see that, right? But of course, there is now the addition of death, disease, and 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 wild beasts. Right. Look at that. That's. I mean, it's very significant that 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 element uh, is included. The the activities of those previous horsemen are now including and now magnified in the fourth horseman of. Revelation chapter six, and so here's here's the thing: what is the what is the general message or meaning of the fourth horseman of Revelation chapter six? What is Jesus trying to communicate to us there about the fourth horseman of Revelation chapter six? I mean, are you ready? So here we go. So so we see in the fourth horseman of Revelation chapter six that the spiritual famine for God's word, which began with the third horseman of Revelation chapter six, now results in the spiritual death. Um, with the the, the fourth horseman of Revelation chapter 6, right? We also see that the division and persecution that was brought by the second horseman of Revelation chapter 6 is now intensified under the fourth horseman of Revelation. In other words, the activities of persecution, division, and the corrupting of the gospel moves or it gets from bad to worse, right? With the fourth horseman of Revelation. Revelation chapter six, right now that's significant, right? The fourth horseman also brings death and and pestilence, and uh, we are told that the activities of persecution, wars, division, famine—these and death, uh, these activities under the fourth horseman of Revelation six—they are more extensive. What do I mean? Remember that the prophecy says there. I think it's in Revelation chapter six, verse eight, that uh, nearly a quarter of the world's population is affected by by these things, by the by the activities of the the fourth horseman of religion so the the activities of the uh the fourth horseman is more extensive that's what the prophecy is trying to communicate to us and so here here's, here's the big question right uh what period in of world history is the fourth horseman of Revelation describing what period in world history is this describing is it describing today uh what period is it described well the greenish color of the Ford Horseman, which is comparable to the shade of a corrupted or decomposing corpse, is an appropriate description of the Christian church in the Middle Ages, or in what we more popularly know as the Dark Ages, right? It's talking about the Christian church during the Dark Ages. Now, the Dark Ages lasted from about the the, the 5th century AD to the late 15th century AD. AD, right. This was in the Middle Ages during the Dark Ages. You may have heard at some point before about the Dark Ages. That is what the fourth horseman of the of um, revelation is talking about. no without a doubt, the, the, the spiritual and physical death characterized. Uh, uh, I mean, spiritual death and f- uh, physical death characterized Christianity during the Dark Ages. In general, during the Dark Ages, the church was not preaching the gospel, right? It was not preaching the life giving message of the gospel. In fact, it was doing the very opposite right during the dark ages the, the bible was not made available to the people in fact the bible i mean that the people were forbidden to even own a bible imagine that right pagan traditions overruled the teachings of the bible during the dark ages with with the absence of the light of the bible and and the light of the gospel of jesus christ the church became corrupt during this period i mean uh the, the 19th century english historian his name is um John Acton, he famously stated that power tends to corrupt, and absolute power cor- corrupts absolutely. And this is exactly what happened to the church during the dark ages. Right, uh, the church is compromised with the state, uh, and of course, you remember this was started by the emperor Constantine. Eventually, led to apostasy. And the corrupting of the gospel. Um, there's this historian, uh, his name is uh Leroy Fru, and he writes about the church during the dark ages in this way. Let's go read it here really quickly. He says, Christianity gradually became perverted into a strange mixture in which the original gospel element changed to the point of being virtually unrecognizable in the church. Repentance became penance, baptism was transformed into uh, uh, a regenerating rite, sprinkling being the substituted. sprinkling was being substituted for immersion, right? The Lord's Supper was gradually changed into an atoning sacrifice, offered continually through the Mass by an earthly priest with mediatorial value claimed for both uh, living and dead. Uh, He writes, the sign of the cross, uh, prayers for the dead, the, the veneration of martyrs, and all admittedly, they admitted that all this stuff was not biblical, developed into the crucifix, purgatory and the saint and image worship i mean this is what the church looked like during the dark ages all these elements crept into the christian church all these strange teachings and practices came into the church during the dark ages and so that during this period the church became spiritually dead right um as the christian church became the dominant uh, religion in europe Constantine and his successors, right? They did everything to help the church, right? Uh, Constantine and his successors—they uh, granted the bishop, order of Rome or the leader of the church in Rome, increasingly more spiritual as well as political powers. Until over time, the Roman Church in Europe had accumulated a—I av- mean, it had accumulated vast wealth and became very powerful. And so. Stating himself as the preeminent leader of all the churches on earth, the Roman bishop, or the pope, eventually emerged as the de facto ruler of Europe during the Dark Ages. And the result of all this was that the, the church came to dominate all aspects of European life for over a thousand years until Napoleon took the pope prisoner in the year 1798. Uh, During the dark ages, the church largely withheld the Bible from the people and the resulting famine for the word of God led to spiritual decline and eventually spiritual death. All right. And so over time, over the centuries, the people became very much ignorant as to what Jesus taught in the Bible in the word of God. And, and so instead of proclaiming the life-giving gospel of Jesus, which enlightens the lives of men and women, the church during the dark ages started to, to they start, the church started to dictate how all persons in society should live, right? People were often forced to accept the false teachings of the church, whether they liked it or not. It was a very, very dark time, folks, right? With the creation of the Inquisition, you may not have heard of the Inquisition, Right, uh, this was a, a church court created to prosecute heretics. Or, uh, heretics are basically people who do not comply with the false teachings of the church. Um, this Inquisition caused many Bible-believing Christians to be imprisoned, to be tortured, to be butchered, and and many were burned at the stake. Now, remember, the persecution of Christians was started uh, in the prophetic history of Revelation under the second horseman of Revelation. However, it turned out that with the it, it, it just returned with vicious intensity under the, the, the fourth horseman of Revelation chapter 6. And, and this time, get this, right? This is what persecution did. This time, it was Christians torturing and, and killing other Christians. Remember, uh, under the second horseman, it was the pagans who were persecuting the Christians, right? Now, under the fourth horseman, it was now Christians torturing and killing Christians other Christians, right? That's how he turned out there under the fourth horseman. Um, listen, a conservative estimate puts the number of Christians who were systematically killed during the Dark Ages uh, at about 50 million people. Now imagine that. That's a huge number, right? Uh, during this dark time in history, even though Jesus mercifully sought to bring a change or a reformation to the church, he w- Jesus was trying to use men like uh, people like Martin Luther, you may have heard of Martin Luther and others. Uh, the church during the dark ages used every tool in its arsenal to try to destroy Bible-believing Christians. During this dark time, there were also devastating wars between many nations, especially in Europe, uh, and there were also horrible famines and terrible plagues, like the Black Plague. You may have heard of the the Black Plague during the dark ages, and 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 this plague swept through the entire continent of Europe, so you may be asking yourself um mary what's the point of all of this history that you're giving us in this episode what's that's the point and, and how is this relevant for my life today how i live my life today in the 21st century that was in the past right that's what you may be saying to yourself so so here's the point jesus wants us to understand this today that if we don't know our history then we are doomed to repeat it right if we don't understand the history uh, of where we're coming from, of world history and, and the history of the Christian church, we are doomed to repeat it. The actions of the four horsemen so, of, four, four of Revelation chapter 6 shows what happens when people, both Christians and non-Christians, choose to reject the pure gospel of Jesus. Uh, it shows what happens when they choose to reject Jesus uh, as the light of the world and instead choose to rebel against God and his promises of an abundant life the gospel promises the actions of the fourth horseman of remission gives us a glimpse of what can happen in our lives and in our world if we ultimately choose to turn our backs against God and reject his word entirely the result of rejection of God and his word a rejection of the Bible ultimately leads to darkness and ultimately leads to eternal death in other words friends the result of a rebellion against God and a rejection of Jesus who is the light of the world is that a curse comes on the land and a curse comes over our lives and folks this is what sin does right it brings a it it brings the curse of sin over our lives when you reject Jesus think about it the, the curse of sin and 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 rebellion has brought so much trouble so much pain in our lives and in the world it, it brings division in our world it brings war in our world it brings famine in our world it brings disease and ultimately eternal death and so this is the message uh that the fourth horseman of Revelation is trying to communicate to us today and so the message of the fourth horsemen uh is, is is warning i mean it's a warning from jesus that to the world of what can happen, what could happen if we reject his gospel. Mercifully, right, during the Dark Ages, Jesus intervened, right, and he started the Reformation, which uh, was a turnaround in history, and and so uh, the world came out of that period of darkness, and there was a period of enlightenment, and, and that's why today we have the modern world, because jesus intervened in history right and so uh and this happens again this happened because the bible was no, i mean in the reformation the bible started to be distributed uh amongst the people and so humanity started to make progress because the light of the gospel was going forward again jesus mercifully did that right and uh, so the book of Revelation tells us that uh, I, I will get into this in a future episode. The book of Revelation tells us that that there there is even a more terrible time, a much worse time than the dark ages. And if, this is called the great tribulation that is just before us. Right? And I'll share more about the great tribulation in a future hep- episode. Friends, Jesus wants to bring the blessing of the gospel to, to your life today. Right? Which is hope which is peace, which is purpose, which is eternal life. Uh, And so if you have not yet done so as yet, why not resolve to accept Jesus in your life today, right? Why not resolve to remain faithful to him today, right? Why not resolve that you will never compromise your faith in Jesus, your faith in the Bible today? I just want to invite you to do, if you haven't done so today, right now wherever you are go ahead as lord jesus i accept you as 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 lord and savior of my life I, I accept your word the bible and i resolve to never compromise my faith i resolve to to walk with you even until the end of age you know during the dark ages during that terrible period of spiritual death and persecution there are always pockets of faithful christian communities throughout europe and elsewhere who resolve to remain faithful to the word of god and and, and their testimony of Jesus. And, And some of them did lose their life, right? Because of their faithfulness to Jesus. But God has promised us and He has promised them, right? That if we remain faithful to Jesus, right? Jesus will give us a crown of life. At his second coming. And I say, praise be to God. Listen, folks, this same Jesus, who the Bible calls the word of God, wants us to stand on his promises that are in his word. He also tells us there that uh, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, that he has plans for us. I just love that. Jesus says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, that he has plans for us. And he says there in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 to 14, he says, I know what I've planned for you. I've planned to prosper you, not to harm you. I've plans to give you a future filled with hope. He says, when you call out to me and come to me in prayer, I will hear your prayers. He says, if you seek me with all of your heart and soul, I will make myself available to you. My friends, the Lord Jesus has planned an amazing future for us. My hope is that you will come to trust him and that you will choose to live by his way, by his word, and not by your own way. And I promise you, if you do, your life will never be the same. Listen, as we part, I always want to encourage you to remember to to like and to share uh this podcast wherever you listen, because when you do this, you are helping to spread the message. You are helping to spread the gospel into all the world uh, so that Jesus can come back and take us home. Uh listen, I also have um I have an email address that you guys can reach me. My email address is knowing at gmail.com. It's knowing tomorrow today. Uh, actually, it's to Tomorrow Today at gmail.com if you have additional questions, if you have prayer requests. Uh, listen, if you email me, I'll send you a copy, a free copy of the book that actually inspired this podcast. The book is called Knowing Tomorrow Today. Plenty a future that will change your life. Send you a free copy of that if you email me. Listen, may God continue to bless you. My name is Merrick Brown. Until next time, stay blessed and stay well. ¡Qué perro!